0: Hey, Nick, do you want to hear a funny joke? Absolutely. What's the difference between lawyers and lab rats?
1: Oh, I don't know. What's the difference between lawyers and lab rats?
0: (laughs) There are things rats will not do for money. (laughs) 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 So today we're going to have another episode on Dishonored. Yay.
1: Exciting stuff, man.
0: With our Dishonored specialist, Nick.
1: I'm, I'm a specialist. We got the brilliant strategist and the specialist.
0: Yes. And what we're going to talk about today are the two DLCs for Dishonored 1, which are...
1: Knife of Dunwall and the Brigmore Witches.
0: Exactly. So I think we're going to do a similar thing uh, that we did last time, where we will, like, sort of summarize the, uh, the DLCs to give us a general background and a general story. Sure. So uh, the first DLC in the first game is the Knife of Dunwall.
1: That's right. And Knife of Dunwall is kind of a nickname for Dowd. He's the world's most infamous assassin. And because he operates in Dunwall, everybody calls him the Knife of Dunwall. And he kills everybody with a knife. The, the Whalers, The Whalers are the, bands, the band of assassins that he leads. And they all use these trademark sort of knives with all these ridges on the sides of them. And they're really long. And so that's why he's called the Knife of Dunwall. Kind of his trademark weapon.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So basically, Dowd is the assassin who assassinated uh, Jasmine, the Empress.
1: That's right. Yeah, he uh, did. You get a quick recap. Dowd uh, was was paid by the spy master to assassinate the Empress and kidnap her daughter Emily, who's the rightful heir to the throne. Um, Of course, our hero Corvo took the blame, and all sorts of things ensue from that. Um, But Dowd is feeling unusually guilty about this particular. Assassination. Uh, the first DLC takes takes up, I think, six months later. Corvo's already escaped and everything. Um, and Dowd is feeling really guilty about this particular assassination. Uh, in the first mission, called None Like Her, he's just kind of talking to himself, as people often do in this game <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, I- I've assassinated plenty of nobles, each one more corrupt than the last one. Uh, So why should an empress be any different? But this one was different. It's got me feeling really bad. Uh, And then the outsider, our resident supernatural entity and imparter of powers, shows up and says, yeah, this one was different. There's going to be consequences, basically referring to the fact that Corvo is coming for him. Uh, Maybe the only man in the empire more dangerous than Dowd at this point is Corvo, depending on your chaos level and stuff in the main game. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know... So basically, the outsider never says anything outright. Everything's couched in these sort of cryptic illusions. <laughs> He's like, there w- yeah. there will be consequences. But I'll give you one last gift. Uh, and he just gives him a name, Delilah. And so just about the whole DLC, you're trying to figure out who Delilah is. Um, and so Dowd's like, well, what does Delilah mean? You know? the outsider offered no exposition you know well delilah is you know this witch who was you know just being called one's stepsister and blah 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 blah. she wants to take over everything no he just says delilah that's it go figure it out yourself yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and um Dowd actually has the outsider's mark
1: that's right um the the outsider is uh i guess to just sum it up real quick this supernatural entity who resides in the Void, and basically is the gatekeeper of the Void's magic. You find this stuff out like really later on in like Death of the Outsider, but just for for context. uh, And so so the Outsider can impart his mark to anyone he wants. He very rarely does it. Uh, He gives it to Corvo, to Dowd, and to Delilah. Um, And in the first game, those are the only three who have his mark uh, that you encounter, as far as I know. And uh, the mark basically gives you the ability to use black magic, which emanates from the Void. Um, Dowd and Delilah, though, are a little bit unique in that they can impart their powers to their followers. And so, Dowd's assassins can use his powers to a little bit lesser extent than he can, and the witches who follow Delilah can also use her powers to a limited extent. Um, But as we come to see later, Delilah has some pretty unique abilities because she's an artiste. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, all Dowd knows at this point is that there's this name, Delilah, and it matters to his fate. Because uh, he has this sense that something really ominous and bad is about to happen to him, uh, he's trying to figure it out. So eventually, his his right hand gal, Billy Lurk, uh, I think, is the one who finds out that there's this uh, there's this whaling ship called the Delilah, and it's docked at the uh, Rothwild Slaughterhouse. Um, and so, Dad's like, "Well, that's a, the only thing relating to anything named Delilah that I've." that i found in these weeks i've been searching for so i'm just going to go and check out this boat here and see what it's all about <laughs> whaling ship uh of course whaling as, as you know is kind of the foundation of the economy in the empire um the, the way they treat these poor animals is, is brutal but that's
0: oh, so horrible
1: oh i know and it, it's really you really see some gory stuff uh as you play through the mission uh which the second mission is called a captain of industry and that's where you're trying to find out about this boat and where it came from and stuff so you do a lot of breaking and entering. You do a lot of assault and battery. You do, <laughs> you know, you do a lot of illegal things, even on low chaos. Yeah, yeah it's true. But when you, uh, when you get there, though, you find out some interesting things. Um, I actually made a lot of notes on this part of the game because the story is pretty tangled up. Uh, it's pretty straightforward after you complete this mission and the next one, but it, there's a lot of details uh, in this uh-huh. mission and the next one. It's like once you get there, you find out that... Uh, well, the industry that takes place at the slaughterhouse, which is anything having to do with whaling or processing whale oil, has been deemed an, an industry that's essential to state interests. And so, so much as failing to report to work is like a capital offense. Um, oh. And it's certainly collective bargaining is a capital offense. Or I think yeah. one's a capital offense and one is punishable by just imprisonment, but I forget which one is which. But it's like if you so much as fail to report to work in this industry and some others, uh, you can go to prison.
0: That's pretty intense. Or be
1: killed, yeah, yeah. Um you find that, that the uh the Rothwild Slaughterhouse, you know, which owns the well Rothwild's whaling business, which owns the Rothwild Slaughterhouse, is it's kinda got the backing of the city watch, uh you know, the local military. Uh and so they're kinda working hand in glove with each other to maintain, you know, order in the in the whaling plant. But despite all that, um you come to find out that the most of the workers in the Rothwild slaughterhouse where they slaughter whales are on strike. Uh led by one abigail ames who is the foreman there she uh she came on with the slaughterhouse she rose to the rank of foreman and then she agitated all the workers to strike the only ones who didn't strike are the butchers the ones who actually cut up these poor whales and yeah. you know treat them so horribly um yeah. the guy who owns the just to kind of back up and give a little more context the guy who owns the slaughterhouse is a guy named bundry rothwild um and he runs the whole place like a prison camp um you can't get in or out without a time card. The working conditions are really unsafe and brutal, mm-hmm. and the pay is low. And the, you, you come to find out in one of the little in one of the little notes, you find that the workers have to lease most of their equipment, so a lot of the money goes back to Rothwild. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? so it's like you know, you, you they're working under harsh, unsafe conditions, not making very much money, but the state is forcing them to stay on. Uh, you know, because whaling is a industry that's yeah. in the state interest. You know. So the workers are on strike, except for the butchers. And the reason the butchers are loyal to Rothwild is uh, the way he came up. Um, it was it was pretty rough. Uh, his his father died on a whaling ship, and his mother died working in a factory under probably under unsafe conditions similar to those he imposes on his own workers. And so he uh, he and his brother were left to kind of fend for themselves for a while on the brutal streets of Dunwall until the overseers came and took his brother. Uh, of course, the overseers are. One half of the established religious order, the Abbey of the Everyman, and what they tend to do is uh, they'll find young boys who kind of meet whatever requirements they have, and they'll kidnap them and put them through these trials of aptitude. And it all culminates in a big ceremony where it's chosen which boys will become overseers who are kind of the military arm of the Abbey. And which ones will be put, put down. down? Yeah, that's actually what it, that's what it says in the, in the official little notes you find. Is they which ones will will go on to become overseers and which will be put down. His brother was yeah. was apparently put down, unfortunately. Yeah. And so all that rage he channeled into whaling. He got on with the whaling ship, and he was a very brutal and efficient whaler. Uh, he was and so he garnered the loyalty of his men. Eventually, rose to. Uh, owned his own whaling ship and then owned his own whaling uh, slaughterhouse and became very wealthy and notorious because of it. Um, of course, he engaged in all sorts of corruption to get to where he got. Um, among them, he uh, had dealings with uh, Barrister Timsch, who at the time was the maritime barrister and decided who got whaling licenses and who didn't. Uh, and Of course, we'll see Timsch again a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, no, so Rothwild's a pretty rough guy. And so he's running the place. And... Uh, so, yeah, then led by Abigail Ames, these workers are striking, and so the city watch is kind of cracking down trying to maintain order. Uh, no one gets in or out of the wh- the slaughterhouse without a time card. So your first mission is basically to sneak. Like, you start out in sort of outside the perimeter of the warehouse. You have to get past the initial sort of perimeter to get on the warehouse grounds, and then from there you have to find a time card or find some other way to get into the warehouse because your ultimate mission is to interrogate uh, Rothwild to figure out what he knows about the ship named Delilah because he owns it. And so there are multiple ways to get into the warehouse. I think it's more fun to try to get a time card because you meet other people and do other things and get other rewards as you get a time card. Um, There's one in a safe, and at the beginning of the mission, you can, like, well, just to kind of back up, at the beginning of each mission, Dowd has this network of corrupt merchants, so you can purchase favors from them that will help you. Um, One of which is you can purchase a code to the safe, uh, that's in one of the offices on the outskirts of the warehouse, and if you do that, the code will be in the the time card will be in the safe. Uh, but I think it's more fun though to free the imprisoned workers because somewhere on the warehouse, yeah, yeah cause like somewhere on the warehouse grounds, like these two uh, these two laborers are are being imprisoned for I don't know don't know what for it, it probably didn't ha- they probably didn't have to do anything at this point they just
0: <laughs> they were probably late for work
1: yeah one day <laughs> that, that, that's that's all it that's just about all it takes um yeah. so the, the city watch has locked them up they're they're imprisoned behind a wall of light which is a security device that zaps you if you it's, it's like a wall of electricity and if you if it's configured to zap you then it'll zap you and kill you if you walk past it so if you can manage to free them and disable the larger wall of light that safeguards the perimeter of the slaughterhouse, then uh, they'll give you a time card to get in. Um, or you could sneak in. There are a couple of side entrances you could take to sneak into the warehouse as well. Um, but I think it's more fun to explore the grounds and, and free the, the laborers and stuff. Of course, you can also pickpocket the time card from one of the workers, but if they see you, they'll, utter, they'll <laughs> alert the guards. Yeah. So I think it's just better and more humane to kind of help them out. Yeah, let them get out of there um as you explore the ground you find out all sorts of things um you yeah, know Rothwild is getting all these security devices uh well I mean maybe not necessarily getting the security devices from Sokolov that's from the City Watch but he's got a side deal with Anton Sokolov who is kind of the archetypal scientist who invents most of the most of the gadgets you see um either Sokolov or Pierre Joplin invented most of the things you see or use I think throughout the game um and so the, Rothwald has kind of a side deal going with Sokolov where Rothwald gets uh, new technology in exchange for allowing uh, Sokolov to experiment on the whales. Um, so he's got kind of a cold, calculating scientist mentality. Uh, he's yeah. <laughs> not really a bad guy, but sort of in the name of science, he'll do some pretty nasty stuff. Um, so they have a side deal going, and, and as, a, as a result of that, you find these various devices that you can use for yourself, like the arc mines and stuff like that kind of find them on the perimeter but anyway so by whatever means you get into the slaughterhouse and then before you get into the slaughterhouse you can find out an interesting little tidbit of information about abigail ames which you'll find it out eventually uh but i think it's kind of fun uh you see this guy sitting on a little boat somewhere you know on the riverfront beyond the warehouse and if you blink over to him he'll tell you that abigail ames is not all she's cracked up to be um
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Like the first impression you get of her, you know, she's the foreman. She's, uh, you know, persuaded all the workers to strike, you know, she's concerned about them. She's acting in their best interest, but as it turns out, she's a double agent. Um, Rothwild has a competitor named Ramsey and Ramsey sent her in there to, you know, get on with Rothwild and gain the workers trust and cause them to strike in order to disrupt Rothwild's business. And eventually, uh, Persuade all the workers to go and work for Ramsey instead of Rothwild and put him under. So she's a double agent. Uh, she doesn't really care about the workers, she just cares about uh you know serving her own employers' interests. So they've got this plan to kind of shut down Rothwild's warehouse, and you find more about that later on. Um, she basically wants you to help her blow up the warehouse. Yeah. Or, not the whaling house, the, not the warehouse, the slaughterhouse, sorry, but Yeah. She wants you to help her blow the place up and kill all the butchers. <laughs>
0: So, like I don't care about the butchers. All the other workers have been evacuated.
1: So. I can kind of see why, I man. The butchers are kind of gnarly. They're mean. Oh, they're mean. And you, you. And basically, there are two kind of butchers. One has cleavers, and you, you can take those on one on one just like you would anybody else. But hmm. there this, this other class. These big burly guys with these. Uh, these circle saws that they use to chop up the whales oh, yeah. and and those are some pretty nasty weapons and basically, the only way to kill those guys is to sneak up on them from behind or neutralize them' <laughs> like if you shoot a, yeah. if you shoot anything at them they 'll deflect it, and then if you take, if you fight them face to face they 'll just cut you up with that saw there 's no way to avoid it really or to overcome it, so you always have to kind of sn- sneak up on them from behind or shoot them from behind with like a sleep dart or an arrow or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just tough. And these guys are the guys who worked with Rothwild on the whaling ships. And so the butcher is kind of the the plum job, you know, it's the best job you can get in Rothwild's hierarchy. Um, so they got the plum jobs because they were with him from the beginning when he was on the whaling ships trying to, you know, make it big. So they're the only ones who didn't go on strike because they're the most loyal. So they're kind of maintaining basic operations. Um, But later on, you hear Rothwald say, you know, the butchers aren't the brightest bulbs in the box, and so he needs the other workers to kind of do the administrative things. The butchers aren't really equipped. (laughs) If it doesn't involve cutting up flesh, the butchers aren't (laughs) much good for it. (laughs) It needs people to, you know, keep the books and do other things.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: But anyway, so you get inside the, uh, the slaughterhouse, right? And the first thing you see is, you know, there's this poor laborer, and these butchers are intimidating him, and unless you intervene... Uh, the big burly one with the circle saw will accidentally kill him. And he's like, I'll teach you a lesson, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how they talk, too.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and so he, he kind of turns his circle saw on, but he's, you know, whether deliberately or not, he winds up killing the uh, laborer with it. Oh, gee, I only meant to scare him. <laughs> I didn't want to kill him. <laughs>
0: <I> remember that.
1: <laughs> and then the other butcher says... Well, you know, he was scared just before he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 macabre and comical at the same time.
0: Yes.
1: But, yeah, no, so you get inside the uh, – I keep saying warehouse. If I say warehouse, just say slaughterhouse. I don't know why I say warehouse because you see things stored, you know. So.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: So it serves a warehouse function, but the primary function is to slaughter whales who are, the whales are captured alive and brought to slaughterhouses and basically dismembered alive. Um, And they're also kept alive and and shocked at intervals so that they secrete more whale oil, which is where basically most of your electricity comes from in the empire. So they're, they're brutalized and kept alive and tortured to produce oil. Uh, And so it's really, really gnarly stuff. And you can put one out of its misery and that plays into kind of a side quest. I guess we can discuss it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're in the, you're in the, uh, the slaughterhouse and your basic objective is to get to the office where Rothwild is. Um, and that's where he's got Abigail Ames, uh, you know, he's, he's found out that she's a double agent and so he's getting ready to kill her pretty much. Either sneak past the butchers or you kill them or you neutralize them and eventually you get to the office. Uh, and once you get to the office, uh, you see that Rothwild is confronting Abigail names and he knows that she's working for Ramsey. So basically he's getting ready to kill her. And the game states, but not implies that he's not going to kill her so much as stuff her in a box and ship her up North uh, to the far North. (laughs) And so you can hoist him on his own petard as kind of the non-lethal resolution. (laughs) It's like, as you're, as you're exploring the, the slaughterhouse, there's this crate bound for the North. And it's heavily implied that that's meant for a person. You know, and it's about the size of a coffin, so it could fit a person. And, you know, who else would it be but Abigail Ames? Right? He's going to ship right. ship her off to the north uh, <laughs> and leave her to her fate. And so when you when you get to Rothwild, if you know this, uh, once you find that crate, that brings up kind of the non-lethal resolution to it. So you can kind of get the information you need one of several ways. Um, if you incapacitate Rothwild before he can lay a hand on Abigail Ames, Um, then you can either take him to, he's got this makeshift interrogation chair somewhere in the slaughterhouse and it's connected to a generator powered by whale oil. And he, he ties people to it and, you know, shocks them to coerce them into, you know, refusing to join a union or forking over information or just, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's just for torture and compulsion. And so you can tie him up to the chair and shock him until he tells you what you need to know about the Delilah, um, Then you can either kill him or stuff him in the box so that he gets shipped up north. Um, Or you can uh, knock out Abigail and tie her to the chair and torture her until she tells you what you want to know, because she also knows about the Delilah. Yeah. Um, Or you can make a deal with her. (laughs) And basically, she says, I want you to turn up the pressure on all the whale oil valves and blow up the slaughterhouse. After that, my boss, Ramsey, will offer work to all the laborers who are on strike and she's like, I don't care about the butchers, they can perish, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, they're loyal to, to Rothwild anyway. Um, or as another non-lethal method to resolve the, the mission, you don't necessarily have to stuff Rothwild in a box or kill him. You can just leave him tied to the chair. Um, but if you do that, you'll see butchers trying to kill you in the next mission, you know. So personally, I like to stuff him in the box because I think that's kind of the most interesting way to go about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know? like give him a taste of his own head. Yeah,
1: hoist him on his own petard, as it were. <laughs> yeah, so you can, uh, but by whatever means you get the information. Of course, blowing up the factory is a high chaos ending because people will die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, but it, it's a lot of fun though because you hear the announcer saying, "If you value your life, get out." <laughs> you know, or "If you value your life, run." <laughs> so it, it kind of creates this tension that's kind of fun as you try to escape from the, the slaughterhouse but by whatever means you get the information you come to find out that uh the Delilah was owned by a corrupt lawyer <laughs> corrupt lawyer named uh Arnold Timsh I say that because I myself am a lawyer so a corrupt <laughs> <laughs> and uh Arnold Timsh at one time like I said was the maritime barrister and he's the one who got Rothwild his whaling license which was of course crucial for him to rise to the top of the whaling business uh, now Arnold Timsh uh is the city barrister for Dunwall. And his basic role is, of course, as we we talked about last time, the Empire is being devastated by the rat plague. And so when people are diagnosed with the rat plague, you know, falsely or truly, (laughs) they're shipped off to this place (laughs) called the Flooded District, which is kind of a Valley of Defilement-type hellhole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. More or less. (laughs) Uh, And so Timsh's official role is to sort of, when people are, you know, shipped off to the flooded district because of the plague, something has to be done with their property. And so Tempsh's role is to take their property and either give it to the next of kin or turn it over to the government. Uh, And Tempsh himself has an official document from the the Lord Regent stating that he is immune from seizure of property because of the plague. Uh, Which that comes into play later on, if you want to get rid of him by the non-lethal means. And so, uh, but yeah, but he... As you might expect, he abuses his position and falsely accuses people of the plague, takes their property and gives it to his friends and associates to buy goodwill and advance his own interest. Um, yeah. Oh, and he has an, has—he an—he actually has an ongoing relationship with Rothwild. He, he sold the boat Delilah to Rothwild on the cheap, you come to find out. You don't know why at this point, but he sold the Delilah to Rothwild on the cheap, like for a quarter of its value. And then after that, the two got into business together selling oil under the black market, which if it were found out would have gotten... Timsh into a lot of trouble because he was kind of getting around the the kind of ban on private whale oil dealing that the Lord Regent had enacted. So it was he. he so Timsh was just you know corrupt towards everyone, you know even his yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So they're selling whale oil on the black market together and all sorts of stuff. So at this point, you know that Arnold Timsh once owned the Delilah, and he sold it to Rothwild for a pittance. And so your next order of business is to sort of find out what that's all about. Uh, as it turns out, your assassins have been doing reconnaissance on Timsh for some time because he's made so many enemies. It's only a matter of time before somebody wants him killed, you know. <laughs> so they've been they've been scoping him out for a while. Uh, he's a real jerk, man. Just a piece of work, <laughs> you know. As you, and then the next mission is called Eminent Domain" because again, he's taking property and you know under false pretenses and giving it to others. Um, but his niche, you see, Timsh is part of a very wealthy aristocratic family of nobility in Dunwall. His niece is one Talia Timsh, and she hates his guts. Uh, they're, uh, they're bickering over the family fortune. Uh, Timsh's mother really controls most of the family fortune, and they're disputing about her will. Um, and anyway, she offers to tell you everything you want to know about the Delilah, but of course she wants something in exchange. You have to. You, later. Well, at the start of the mission, you don't know what her condition is for telling you what you want to know. You just have to get to her and talk to her. And so you, you start on like the, the legal district waterfront and you have to kind of make your way over to sort of the a little ways past the waterfront where you find that Tim, that Talia Timps has been captured by this gang called the Hatters. Uh, but you know, there's a, a criminal gang and we deal more with them later on. And so you have to neutralize the Hatters. And once you do, she'll talk to you and say that she'll tell you what you want to know about the Delilah in exchange though. You have to sneak into Timps' estate and steal Timsh's mother's will and bring it to Talia. Uh, Timsh's mother is her grandmother. She's Talia's, She's Timsh's niece. And so she wants the will. Uh, so that she can, you know, take the family fortune for herself. You know, corrupt and greedy motives. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and so you start to do that. Um, and then as you progress through the mission, you come to find out there are a couple ways you can go about it. Uh, you, you, basically, your two objectives are to get the will for Talia and to neutralize Timsh one way or another. Uh, so he just not getting out of this unscathed either he 's going to be dead or ruined by the time you 're done and it 's very satisfying <laughs> to do
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I like, personally I prefer the non lethal resolution because it 's just so satisfying to watch yeah, him you know get arrested uh, but as you go through the mission, you come to find out that uh this guy named oh what 's his name uh, I have his name written down. Give me just a moment sorry <laughs> there 's this other there's this former aristocrat um a, gosh, I forget his name. And I know I've got it written down, but I just can't see it because I can't read. <laughs> 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 but there, there's a an aristocrat that Timsh uh, basically falsely accused of plague and, and ruined. Roland, yeah. that's his name, Roland.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so Roland is shipped off to the flooded district, but he sneaks back into the capital city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a pretty solid plan to ruin Timsh without killing him. Um, but before he can put the plan into motion, he is you know, arrested by the city watch and they're going to either execute him or send him back to the flooded district. But they're, they're holding him in the legal district. And if you come across him, that's what opens up the non-lethal way to neutralize timsh oh, Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. I had a frog in my throat, had to clear it. <laughs> a ribbit.
0: You sure you don't have the plague?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I might. I'm I'm feeling a little feverish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, brains. Because, <laughs> you know, the rat plague turns you into this creature called a weeper, which is like a zombie, so I'm like, Brains! <laughs> well, although they'll eat anything, they don't necessarily want brains. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so you find Roland locked up there, and he doesn't even ask you to, to turn him loose, he just wants you to help him ruin Timpsh. And he tells you to, he gives you the key to his apartment, and he tells you to go to his apartment, and there he's left a detailed journal setting forth what his plan is, and you have to put that plan into into effect. Um, and, you know, it, there, there's rewards for it, because his apartment has a rune in it. And in his, in, in, his, in his apartment, there's a key to another apartment that has a rune in it. And for those who may not know, runes are these artifacts you collect with the outsider's mark, and you can use those to increase your powers, basically, acquire new powers. Um, so I think it's worth... Pursuing that course at least long enough to get into the two apartments and get the runes, even if you want, even if you plan to kill Timsh. Um, so yeah, so so either way, so once you get into his apartment, you find out that it's basically a two-part plan. Uh, as we said before, Timsh carries around this document that immunizes him from property seizure, uh, but Ro- Roland has forged a different document that basically says, you know, seize this man's property as soon as you see this document. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And it's, got the, and it's got the Lord Regent's signature forged on it, but it's so convincing that anybody would believe that it's the Lord Regent's signature. Um, and so part of what you have to do is you have to pickpocket the, the real document from Timsh that immunizes him and replace that with the document calling for his property to be seized. Uh, but that alone isn't enough. It, it basically what it does is it to seize this man's property, he's got the plague, right? Uh, but as a second part of that, you have to make it believable that Timsh might actually have the plague, so if, some, if somebody believes that Tim has the plague and sees this document they're going to arrest him and seize all his property so he'll be ruined um, and so to make everybody believe that Tim has got the plague the journal refers to this bag of really smelly stuff <laughs> you know, it's called the odorous sack um, which you know if I ever, <laughs> if I ever start a rock band or open a bar that's going to be the name odorous sack <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is a good name
1: let's go to the odorous sack <laughs> The odor of sack is in concert. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you have to, you have to basically put the odor sack in the ventilation system. The place will smell just like uh, a weeper's den, which means you know a den full of people who had the plague. And so that'll make it believable that he's got the plague. And quite conveniently, later in the day, Tim's just supposed to meet with General Turnbull, who is a high ranking official in Dunwall's military. And so if the place uh, stinks like weepers when Turnbull arrives, and you have switched out the documents, Turnbull will uh, see that he'll arrest Timsh, confiscate all his property, and Timsh will be left with nothing. And you'll see him in jail later on, um, or you could just kill him. Whatever suits you. <laughs> but anyway, you break into the uh, you break into the Timsh estate, and uh, not only do you find his mother's will, but you also find out that. Um, you know, he's basically forged her will, and he's uh, she's got dementia, and it could easily be cured. But he's keeping her from getting the treatment she needs to cure her dementia, so that she can't, you know, make the will reflect what she actually wants. You know, so he's uh, he's abusing his own mother, basically. Uh, yeah. The, the, the documents may or may not tell you why exactly uh, while you're skulking through the the estate, finding things. But eventually, uh, you'll find out that uh, – you know, once you complete the mission and get the wheel back to Talia, you'll, you'll find out that uh, Timsh was in love for a long time with this woman named Delilah, uh, for whom he named the boat that he later sold to Rothwild. And uh, the Timsh family be- – there was a bit of tension within the Timsh family because of this, because Delilah was beneath their class, you know. And uh, Talia herself is kind of a, a – uh, Really snooty, kind of snobby socialite type person. Um, and so she's like, Yeah, she was beneath our class. Okay. Quite <laughs> yeah. beneath us, yes. Um, and so she didn't really think Delilah deserved to be dating a Timsh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so Talia says that, uh, you know, that basically Delilah seduced Timsh. Uh, Timsh made Delilah. The reason Timsh was keeping his mother you know, incoherent and had forged the will was that he had made Delilah the beneficiary right. of the his mother's will. So he must have fallen head over heels for Delilah. Oh, yeah. But shortly after he does that, Delilah very conveniently disappeared. Um, and shortly after that, uh, Talia got together with her friends and they had a seance, you know, just to amuse themselves. They didn't think any, anything would come of it. But during the seance, they had this vision where Delilah was, De- Delilah's an artist. She's a painter. And so she was painting and she had written Dowd's name on the painting, uh-huh. as if she anticipated a confrontation with him. So it's kind of ominous. I <laughs> think you also found out that Delilah's a witch. Uh, you know, she's interested in the occult. Um, as she, basically, um, a, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't go into too much detail about her background at this point, at least till we get to the Brigmore witches. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, what we know now is that she's a witch. She seduced Timsh. Timsh made her the beneficiary of the will. Then she disappeared. At at which point Timsh became very scared of her. So scared that he sold the boat named after her to Rothwild on the cheap. So that's why he sold it for nothing. He just wanted to be rid of it because it reminded him of her. Him And after she disappeared, uh, for some reason, you know, he became scared to death of her. That's, and you come to find out that's because she put a spell on him and possessed his body, and that kind of freaked him out a little bit.
0: Yeah, that that would do that. You know, <laughs> that would freak someone out a little bit.
1: Yeah, she possessed him like a demon, basically. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that freaked him out. <laughs> he got rid of the boat. Um all right, cool. So now you know, but you have a sense of who Delilah is. And actually, there's a point as you're skulking around the Timps estate, you find a statue of Delilah in this secret room. And if you engage with it, it'll talk to you.
0: Yeah, that was creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but It's it's Delilah talking to you through the statue, basically. It, it is really creepy. And she basically says, look, you need to quit. Uh, you need to quit jumping in my chili, Dowd. Are <laughs> you going to meet a bad end? As yeah. as for Tim, she, I don't care what you do with him. I got what I need from him, whatever. But uh, don't you you get out of my chili? Uh, her exact words, too. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, really, what she says is more like you know, big changes are coming, and I'll expect you not to interfere. Very cryptic, kind of like the outsider. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not a long dialogue. But she, the statue does talk to you, and it's kind of creepy. And so, anyway, in any case, now that you, now that you know kind of who Delilah is, and now that she's threatened you to stay off her trail, naturally you want to keep probing to find out more about her <laughs> you
0: know
1: yeah Dowd is not one easily intimidated uh so now that you know who delilah is who your adversary is you go back to your hideout to kind of plan your next move but you know things are in disarray at your hideout because the overseers are attacking your hideout oh uh, no yeah doggone overseers <laughs> it turns out they've they basically overrun the place um yeah and who greets you to tell you this depends on your chaos level um if you're high chaos, I think a guy named Thomas, who is not your second in command but he's a pretty high-ranking assassin working for Dow, he'll tell you that you know the overseers have overrun the place, they've captured several assassins and you know everything is in disarray. Uh but if you're on low chaos, Billy Lurk, who's your second in command, will meet you and tell you that the overseers have overrun the place. Um either way, you find out that uh, your basic mission is to take back your hideout. Uh, your hideout is in the Flooded District. Uh Which makes a lot of sense because, you know, no one in their right mind would go to the Flooded District without a really good reason. Um, And, you know, no one's going to poke around and try to figure out that you're there. But somehow the Overseers have found out that you're there. And Dowd is like the number one target because he's famous for using black magic and void magic. And that is exactly the thing that they were established to destroy. So you know, doubt is their number one target. Now that they've somehow found out where your hideout is, you know, they've overrun the place. And their leader is a dude named, a real jerk, named uh, Leonard Hume. (laughs) Rhymes with fume. (laughs) You know. So basically your mission, it's very, this mission is very straightforward. It doesn't have all these plot entanglements of the first two missions. It's just, you take back your hideout. Um, And to do that, you have to do two things. One, you have to neutralize Hume. And two, you have to find the assault plans. And preferably you'll free your assassins who are, you basically they're like I think it's four assassins who are tied up uh, and each one is guarded by an overseer with an, what's called an overseer music box and that's, that basically produces it's not really music at all it sounds awful <laughs> it's, it sounds like a constant it sounds like a constant fart yeah you know it's like someone's just like a never ending fart that's kind of what it sounds like to me <laughs> But it, but what it does is it disrupts your connection to the void so you can't use your powers And so that's how they keep the assassins from using their powers to teleport away. You know, they just constantly keep them under these music boxes. And so you have to neutralize those guards and free your assassins. Uh, Neutralize Hume and then find the assault plans. Uh, Not necessarily in that order, but once you do all those things, then your assassins will band together and retake the hideout. (laughs) And you can kill the overseers or you can neutralize them. Uh tactically, I think it makes more sense to neutralize them because now that the overseers know where you are, they're, they're probably going to come back. But if you've got a bunch of captured overseers, you've got leverage. But whatever, you can kill them all if you prefer to. Uh, but either way, uh, once you do all that, when you find the assault plans, you find out that Hume did not stick to the plan. Uh, there were plans for like a larger, much more coordinated assault. Uh, but Hume saw an opportunity to capture Dowd and basically aggrandize himself. So he got together a smaller band and went on ahead of the larger force, (laughs) thinking that he could, uh, thinking that was enough.
0: Basically, he ruined everything.
1: Yeah, he screwed up the whole thing by jumping the gun, jumping the shark, as it were. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he he fired a little too quick. Um, But yes, so you find that out, and then once you, once all is said and done, once the base is retaken, once Hume is neutralized, and all the overseers are taken care of. You come to find out that the reason the overseers knew where your hideout was, was, was because Billy Lurk told Delilah, who then told the overseers.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens here depends on, again, your chaos level. Either way, huh. Delilah will show up in person this time. Yeah. And if it's on high chaos, then then, Billy, then the assassins will kind of gather around and they won't intervene. And Billy Lurk will fight you to the death. Uh, not necessarily to the death, but she'll fight you for control of the Whalers. It's, the Whalers are the names of Dowd's assassins. And they're called that because they they wear these uniforms that the Whalers wear in the slaughterhouses. Um, so,
0: those gas masks. Right.
1: Those creepy gas masks. <laughs> Dowd himself doesn't wear the gas mask, uh, but the, his assassins do. Actually, Dowd may wear it, but you never see him really in it uh, much at all.
0: He's like, I'm so pretty. I gotta share this face with the world.
1: Oh yeah, Dad's got a pretty face. I don't know if you watch Berserk. There's this character named Griffith who is literally the. <laughs> or if you read the Berserk manga, there's this character named Griffith. Right, he's like the most beautiful creature you've ever seen. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Except for Dad. <Dowd. laughs> Dad is prettier than Griffith. <laughs> I'm kidding. <They're> confirmed. <laughs> Dad's face looks like beef jerky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I guess years of killing and black magic will kind of take a toll on a person, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then Billy Lurk has betrayed you. And if, if it's low chaos, um, she will say, you know, Dowd, I thought you were slipping, so I betrayed you so I could take control of the whalers. I'm in cahoots with Delilah. Um, if it's low chaos, though, she won't actually fight you. She'll say, I was wrong. You're not slipping. Yeah, uh, here's my knife. You can kill me or let me go. Do whatever. And so then you can choose to spare her or let her go. The canon ending, I think, is that you let her go, because Billy Lurk shows up later as the protagonist of Death of the Outsider, and she's very grateful to Dowd for letting her go and forgiving her for betraying him. Um, but that's, you know, years and years later. So, but, you know, I think that has to be the canon ending. Um, yeah, for sure. But in the High Chaos, she'll just fight you. <laughs> and strangely enough, you know, the powers she uses in the fight are those of a Brigmore Witch. Not so much one of Dowd's people. Flood <laughs> you know, twist. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. So, she, so <laughs> Delilah must have shared her magic with Billy, you come to find out. Uh, so basically, Billy's a Brigmore witch at this point. Um, so anyway, you fight her. And then once you... It, 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 at that point, it basically becomes the final boss fight of the DLC to fight Billy Lurk. Then once you defeat her, she's incapacitated. You can either kill her or neutralize her, but you have to you know, neutralize her some way. Yeah. Uh, when I was playing through High Chaos, I just killed her, uh, even though I knew that wasn't the canon ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um, after that, you know, that's the end of the Knife of Dunwall DLC. We've yeah. taken care of Billy, we've taken back our hideout, uh, but of course, you know, nothing's resolved at this point. No. And so naturally there's another DLC yes. called the Brigmore Witches. <laughs> the the Brigmore Witches got briars in their britches. Uh, I don't know. I say that... <laughs> <laughs> I say it because they actually do shoot briars at you, <laughs> thorns. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, and and the, the Brigmore Witches man is really involved. Uh, but you find out a lot of juicy stuff about the plot and Delilah and everything else. Um, but yeah, so we, when uh, the Brigmore Witch, it's interesting because like they're two separate DLCs. But if you, I highly recommend you know getting both and playing through the Knife of Dunwall first because like your your abi- yeah. your abilities and your gadgets, everything will carry over. Um, because it'll find your save file. And your chaos, everything will carry over.
0: And it's like a continuation, mm. lore-wise, as well.
1: Yeah, Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it d- d- picks up, like, minutes after, you know, the ending. <laughs> yeah. of, if, yes. if you've seen the first two Halloween movies, you know, Halloween 2 picks up, like, minutes after Halloween 1. And it's, yeah. it's the same thing here. Um, you know, it's the aftermath of the attack. Uh, your men are... If it's on low chaos and you spared all of the uh, overseers, your men will start to doubt you think you're indecisive because you spared the overseers and didn't kill them.
0: Yeah. You can like sneak up on them and listen to them and they're like, doubt is really slipping, huh?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then Dow justifies it as, well look, man, they know where we are, they're gonna come back, so we need some leverage, basically. So if you got a bunch of captured overseers, that's leverage to kinda keep them off your back. uh, which makes a lot of sense because, you know Hume's contingent was just a small fraction of like the overall force that was going to attack, you know, so it makes sense to have some collateral. Um, you know, to kind of keep them at bay. Until, you you know, I don't know, get a new hideout, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, in doubt is kind of trying to struggle through the the wake of Billy's betrayal and all this stuff, and, but yet he still has to find out where Delilah is. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention about that seance. Um, in the vision, she's, Talia saw Delilah at a, partic- at a particular location, uh, Brigmore Manor. And so that's where you want to go to find her. Uh, she's holed up there with her witches plotting something. You know, you don't know what at this point, but she's plotting something. I think you find little snippets of things that might allude to it in the knife of Dunwall, but it never says right out uh, what her plot is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, so you know that Delilah is at Brigmore Manor, but getting there occupies most of the DLC, you know, because it's it's not in Dunwall. It's like on the outskirts of Dunwall. You have to, basically, the only way to get to it is by boat along the Renhaven River. Um, and it's in a district whose name starts with an m that i can't pronounce Uh, i can't recall at this point but it's like basically the brigmore family used to be aristocracy they used to be wealthy um i think they got wealthy in the timber trade but when when whale oil started to become the big thing the timber industry really died out and so they lost most of their wealth and their their estate fell to others um and eventually Delilah and her witches, he became dilapidated, abandoned, and Delilah and her witches just moved in. You know, they're squatters, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're squatting uh, at, at the manor. And that's where Delilah's planning whatever it is she's got planned. And so De- so Dowd knows he needs a boat to take him upriver to get to the manor. <laughs> And, you know, the only person, he's got all these corrupt connections, and the only person he knows who might be willing to give him a boat is this really wonderful, colorful character named Lizzie Stride.
0: Oh yeah, she's uh, pretty cool. Oh, she's she has awesome. Pointy teeth and
1: everything. Oh yeah, she, 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 <laughs> bit, she. I think she bit a guy's tongue out once. Uh, tossed yeah, <laughs> she was on a boat and she bit this guy's tongue out and tossed him overboard. I don't know why she did that. But she, <laughs> you know,
0: she was probably having a bad day. Yeah,
1: she was. She was in. A, she was in a mood.
0: <laughs> it was a Monday.
1: <laughs> she hadn't had her coffee yet. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: It did have. She, she was out of snacks too. See, Lizzie worships a snack covenant. She didn't have a snack. There so she, you go. So she she bit the guy's tongue out. That was her snack to offer up to the snack covenant. Really yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> a, and then she tossed him overboard after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's a colorful character, man. Hey, she's got a really colorful background story, too. I don't know if you want to go into that, but it's like. <laughs> oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, we could uh, next time.
1: Oh, yeah, but she. She basically leads this gang called the Dead Eels. Yeah. Um and she has a boat. They're pirates, more or less. They uh they go up and down the river and they rob uh you know commerce ships that go up and down the river. Um and by corrupt means she got this special license that allows her to sail places that most merchants couldn't, so she has a lot of advantages. And she has a ship called the Undine. And so Dowd wants to get a hold of Lizzie and have her take him upriver on the Undine. But of course there are some problems uh, Lizzie's number two in charge of the dead eels a guy named Edgar Wakefield I think is his name has turned her over to the city watch and betrayed her and taken over the game so now yeah,
0: that was not cool.
1: no 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 he's a jerk uh, yeah. <laughs> of course Lizzie's no paragon of moral virtue either you know this is a criminal <laughs> game but yeah Wakefield's kind of not only is he corrupt and ruthless he's also kind of incompetent as you find out because <laughs> like under Lizzie's leadership, uh, you know the dead eels had solidified their control over this area called Draper's Ward which is kind of a forsaken district uh, it's uh-huh. it's it used to be a center of high fashion you know uh, all the you know the Calvin Kleins and the Tommy figures and the <laughs> the Vera Wangs of the day all ran their operations out of Draper's Ward right very fa- high fashion district right uh, but eventually it fell into ruin because of the rat plague and so, so, so now there's no official presence there. It's fallen under the control of gangs, and until Wakefield's betrayal, the Dead Ears are, uh, not Dead Ears, Dead Eels. <laughs> the Dead Ears. Uh, makes me think of, like, in The Walking Dead, they wear these necklaces of ears. <laughs> but the Dead Eels had total control over the district, uh, but since Lizzie has been gone, there's gang warfare has broken out. They're fighting for control over the district with this gang called the Hatters. Um, and we'll see more of them a little bit later on, but as you're going throughout the district, you see that the hatters and the dead eels are fighting each other, and both will attack you um, at yeah. first. Um, so you have to kind of make your way through the district. Uh, but that's that's for later. But as for now, you know, Lizzie's in Coleridge Prison, which is where, obviously, you escape from at the beginning of the main game as Corvo. Um, but since Corvo's escaped, they've tightened security. So what you have to do is you have to get into Coleridge Prison and get Lizzie out, basically, so that she can give you access to her boat. <laughs> So that's the object of the first mission. It's very straightforward. Um, yeah, I think this is what you did when you were streaming. Uh, if you choose to, yeah. you you can purchase a favor, right? To you basically have an overseer costume and go into the prison. They'll let you walk in through the front door, right? Yeah. And now there are only certain places you can go, or they'll turn hostile. And they may they make it clear. You know, you get to go straight to the interrogation room, which is the same place they were torturing Corvo at the beginning of the first. You know, the main game. Uh, you can go straight to the interrogation room, do your investigation, and come back. Because the pretext for that is there's been a su- there's been a strange incident in the interrogation room, and it looks like it smacks of the occult. And so they they bring an overseer in to investigate because they are that's their that's their bailiwick. You know they investigate black magic and things like that and try to suppress it. So you've been called in ostensibly to, I think the real overseer who was supposed to investigate you know your your people you know kill him at some point and give you his clothes basically. Yeah. <laughs> So you walk in disguised as an overseer, and they're like, you're late. Why are you late? You're like, oh, there's some problem with the water lock. You make up some excuse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, then,
1: yeah. and you get in. Um, so your basic mission is to get Lizzie out of prison by, you know, there are obviously multiple ways you can do it. Uh, but when you're there, though, you find out that three guards are being executed. Uh, yes. Yeah. because they either allowed Corvo to escape or one of them actually helped him escape the very guard who brings you like the tray of food with the key in it at the beginning of the game he's he's one of the ones who's being executed and you have to go through that area to get to the control mechanism that opens up the prison cells i think
0: no not through that area they're being executed and like oh you know,
1: like the, the outside yeah. uh, i you hey you, you either have or can go through there to do something i think it I, can, yeah it's, um,
0: I don't think you have to, but you can. You can. That's
1: right. Yeah, I yeah. got it. You, you, if, to accomplish your mission, that's one way you can go to get to the – I think to the mechanism that controls the cells, but I could be misremembering.
0: No, 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 no. No, yeah. no, 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 Nick. Okay. No, no, no. I could be
1: misremembering.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I, think you're misremembering because I think you can easily miss that entire thing if you don't yeah. go through that door.
1: Yeah, you can. Um, you yeah. can go through the it, mechanism- but you don't have to. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just. You're right. Yeah, um, I just schooled you. You did. I've been <laughs> school. Yeah, um, yeah no. I, I always go through there, so maybe I just thought you kind of just thought you had to, but you. Yeah, because yeah. I
0: remember I kind of completely missed that on on I think my very first playthrough.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you yeah, you actually can accomplish the mission without going through there, um, yeah. but I think you better serve to just be, it adds a bit of flavor to the narrative if not. Oh yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, you you don't it's have to, but it is. Yeah. And uh, there may be kind of a. And maybe not so much a reward, but I don't know. You you can save the guard who helped Corvo if you want to, but you don't have to. You feel
0: good, have to Yeah, you're like I did something good
1: today. You did. I'm I'm a notorious assassin. I kill people for a living, but I did something good today. Uh, <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: You know, so you can say, or you can let them die, whatever. Uh,
0: <laughs> or you can save them and then
1: execute them. You can. You can kill them yourself. There we go. Like the only reason I saved you was to kill you myself. <laughs> 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 then you're like, what's the point? <laughs> So yeah, so that's one option, one little side story. And if you and if you did the non-lethal, uh, now this is really funny. If you did the non-lethal course for Timsh, and, you know, got him arrested, um you'll find him there in the prison. <laughs> and uh he will be he'll be saying, you know, he'll be basically offering bribes to the, yeah. the guards to let him out. And there's a notice posted on the outside of his cell. And what it says is something to the tune of you know, Tim may offered to bribe you. Don't listen to him. He doesn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not because taking bribes is corrupt and unethical. Yeah. No. N- not because, you know, you're officers of the state. You have sworn to uphold the public trust. No. It's, there's no point because he doesn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to scam you. <laughs> yeah. He's because they all his property was confiscated, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because basically, what's going to happen to him is I think he's going to get shipped off to the flooded district because they think he's got the plague. Uh, so a fitting end for Barrister oh, Timsh. Yeah. You know. Now, now from his point of view, are, is he better off if you just go ahead and kill him or let him get shipped off to the flooded district?
0: <laughs> <You know? Ugh. laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah, that's debatable. I think, but <laughs> uh, of course, if you believe in an afterlife, surely he's going to hell. But that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's a piece of work, as we've seen.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. So the only reason you shouldn't listen to his, uh, so I think that implies that the, the city watch, you know, they commonly take bribes. I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, the, but the posted notice for anyone to see is, you know, <laughs> don't bother in this case because he doesn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, uh, you see him there, and it, it. I guess you can kill him there if you want to, but you know why bother? <laughs> he's in a cell, and he's you know. He's just a broken man at this point. It's very satisfying to see. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So you, you basically you, it, this mission is very straightforward. Not a lot of plot entanglements. Um, once you finally open the cell door, you know, access the cell control mechanism, uh, you know, you, you punch in the letter because there are like four cell blocks, A, B, C, and D. There may be E, I forget. And then <laughs> each cell is numbered. So you have to punch in like the letter for the cell block and then the number of the particular cell to open it up. You can only open up one cell at a time. Um, and Lizzie's location will vary f- from like one playthrough to the next. <laughs> so it's because like, part of the mission is you have to find out where she is. Yeah, you have um, to find her. And so th- this is something they do a lot in Dishonored. They randomize her location uh, so that you can't just like look it up on the wiki or whatever.
0: Yeah, they do the same with the sa- uh, with the saves and stuff.
1: They do. Yeah, they, it's going to be a different combination every time you play through it, pretty much. Uh, so you can't just Google, you know, safe combination well, warehouse, you whatever. You can,
0: because sometimes it's like uh, five combinations.
1: There. Right.
0: Like, it's not completely.
1: Different. You know, it's it's not like one of, like, 999 combinations. Yeah. It's <laughs> like one of five or six. And then, um, actually, though, I actually looked up, the, like, to, to back up in, in the first mission in Knife of Dunwall, there's a combination in one of the, there's a safe in one of the office building, uh-huh. And I actually looked it up, and somebody purported to list all the possible combinations. I tried every one. It didn't work. <laughs> uh oh <laughs> <laughs> so i guess the list i found was incomplete uh but yes but you're right there are a limited number of co- places it, you know combinations mm-hmm. whatever but i think that's a neat trick that they do just to kind oh, yeah, of sure. to kind yeah. of force you to find the information in the game and not just like look it up um yeah i think that's kind of the equivalent of running through an area in dark souls without exploring and you're know, finding yeah. the enemies and stuff <laughs> it's like don't cheat man uh but yeah, anyway, I, I don't really think it's cheating to look stuff up online, but it's just more fun if you have to yeah. go through the mission. And I think you get more out of a game if you actually do it the way it's meant to be done. <laughs> but anyway, so when, when I, when the last time I played through, she was in cell A00, but it could be like one of, I don't know, five, six, eight, 10 different cells she could be in. So you find her, and of course, you, you may want to open up some of the other cells because they've got, they've got items and stuff in them. Um, <laughs> of course, there's an ability that lets you kind of pull stuff from a distance. And so that, that saves a lot of time. Um, anyway, so once you get to Lizzie, she's at, you know, if you're, if you're a bondage fetishist, you know, you'll kind of enjoy it when, (laughs) (laughs) when you find Lizzie, because she's like chained up in this, like uh, this weird mechanism. It's almost like, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, people were suspected of being witches. They would put them in the stocks, you know, back in Salem. Uh It's kind of like that. uh, Only she's on her knees. She's locked up in this kind of stock device. uh, (laughs) And then you have to. She'll make a deal with you, you know, just uh, get her out. But then as soon as you unlock the device, uh, she just collapses. She can't walk. Uh, she goes unconscious because they've been torturing her and interrogating her for however long. Uh, so you have to carry her out of the prison. Uh, but it's a little bit tricky because once you get outside, your powers are nullified because they, that overseer music is playing uh, on the outskirts of the prison. And as far as I know, there's no way to stop that. Uh but they're just playing that music because they were interrogating a Brigmore witch in the interrogation room. Um, oh, that's an interesting little bit of side story. So they captured a Brigmore witch. I forget what her name was. It uh, started with an M, I think. And they took her to the interrogation room. And for some reason, the music wasn't playing in the interrogation room, but just on the outskirts of the prison. I don't get why that is. Yeah, uh. that's
0: weird. They should have it like blasting in the entire thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. 24-7. <laughs> I mean, if you got, if the witch is inside, you know, and the purpose of the music is to suppress the witch's power, or maybe it was playing in the room at the time, I don't know, but then that wouldn't explain what happened, because they were interrogating her, torturing her, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this big kind of supernatural explosion, and everybody in the room dies, including the witch, Uh, and that is the incident that the overseer's been called in to investigate, so that's the pretext for you getting into the prison as an overseer. Anyway, so you have to sort of carry Lizzie outside and, you know, surprise, surprise, you have to go through the sewers to get out. Duh. These missions often have you going through the sewers. So once you get her out of there and go through the sewers and she wakes up, you say, hey, Lizzie, how about you let me use your boat? <laughs> and She's like, well, you know, I've been betrayed and I don't have control of the gang anymore and Wakefield is holed up on my boat. and so guess what your mission is you have to go to (laughs) (laughs) you have to go to Draper's Ward and again this mission is very straightforward uh, but it's straightforward in terms of plot at least the first half is but I think this is maybe the longest and most involved mission in the whole DLC Uh, it's called the Dead Eels and your basic goal is to reestablish Lizzie as the head of the Dead Eels and Uh get the boat working so she can take you upriver to the Brigmore Manor um, so it's, it comes in two steps. One is to get rid of Wakefield. And number two is to repair the boat because the boat the, is missing oh, a yes, key right. component. Yeah. So getting rid of Wakefield is pretty straightforward. You just have, you start on kind of the waterfront and you have to go into, or do you start on the waterfront? You so often start on the waterfront that I just think you do with every mission, but not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> you have to um, go into Draper's ward. And the two gangs, the dead eels and the hatters are at war with each other over control and at this point the hatters are gaining the upper hand um, they've got well they've got new leadership, but you don't know it um, the guy in charge of the hatters is his he they call him the geezer um, but his name is Mortimer hat hence the name the hatters um, <laughs> and he is old as Methuselah pretty oh. much <laughs> he's over a hundred years old um and he's in charge of the hatters they're at war with the eels and and some, and they've gotten access to Sokolov's security technology and other things. And so they've, they're, you know, clearly got the upper hand in the in the gang warfare. But they're fighting in the streets, uh, and so both sides will attack you as soon as they see you. Uh, even though you're trying to help the eels, they don't know that. They'll just attack you.
0: Yeah. Um, they don't ask
1: questions. No, they don't, not at all. We don't ask questions, we just kill. <laughs> and you find all sorts of things as you're, as you're kind of skulking around trying to make your way... Uh, you know, to the the boat. Uh Um, You come across this place called the Textile Mill, and you need a password to get in, which you won't get until much later, so there's no real reason to waste time trying to get into the Textile Mill at this point. The game won't let you until you complete the first half of the mission uh, and get rid of Wakefield. But, uh, yeah, so you make your way around. You you, you come across a couple of people who are kind of interesting. One is a black market uh, seller named Jerome who will sell you, like potions, and weapons and whatnot. And he'll also have a side quest for you. He'll ask you to assassinate somebody named Skinflint um, in exchange for, like, 50 coin, which is hardly worth the trouble, but you can do it. <laughs> or you can accept the mission and lie and say you killed Skinflint and he'll still pay you, so. Yeah. Kind of a dupe. Uh, I guess Dow's reputation is such that he'll believe you, you know, even if you didn't. For sure. But yeah, and he'll also sell you stuff. There's another guy um, he used to be the royal tailor, basically. He uh, designed dresses for, you know, Jessamine and Jessamine, yeah. and uh, maybe even her father before her, you know, the, the emperor who preceded her. But then he got arthritis and wasn't able to fashion dresses anymore. But even after that, the royal family took care of him because they regarded him as a friend. Um, they even gave him a lock of Emily's hair, you know, just kind of a keepsake. It's just kind of a weird thing to give somebody a lock of your daughter's hair, but...
0: But this is dishonored.
1: Maybe this is normal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, who are we to judge somebody else's culture, you know? Yeah, there we go. You know, so whatever. So they, they gave him a lock of Emily's hair as kind of a... It's meant to be a really sentimental gift to show that he's a friend of the royal family. Uh-huh. But one night... Uh, of course, he's living in this decrepit Draper's Ward now because everything's kind of gone to spit. Yeah. Um, but if you if you get into his apartment, he will tell you that uh, not too long ago... I, I, Delilah appeared to him in his apartment, incapacitated him with magic, put these weird witchcraft symbols all over his apartment, and stole the lock of Emily's hair. Yeah. That's kind of a key plot point for later, but uh, you're like, why would Delilah need a lock of Emily's hair? She must be doing some witchy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, so she gets the lock of Emily's hair and, and leaves. Of course, she doesn't kill the guy, which I guess is magnanimous of her. Uh, but yeah, so she leaves him there. And so that's kind of, you're like, huh, she's got the, she's got the hair now. So you run around, and you eventually get to the boat. And the boat is like, is very it's like a fortress. So there are, you know, eels everywhere, all of whom will kill you one sight. And so there are a couple ways to get inside the boat. Um, th- most people probably take the hatch underneath the boat. Um, I didn't. I just kind of go in directly and either kill yeah. or choke everybody out. Because uh, I really, I really hate swimming because those hagfish are always nip, nipping at you. And oh you, my
0: god, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. And there's no way to like get get rid of them other than to run away or to blink.
1: Yeah. Swim I mean, away, I guess. Like, like if they're in like a little pond, you can kind of shoot them with arrows and kill yeah. them. But yeah. in the ocean, I mean, it's almost impossible to uh-huh. get rid of them. And they, they take a lot of they do a lot of damage too with every bite. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. So I don't. I, for that reason, I don't like to swim any more than I have to because of the stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Hagfish. Um these great big... They're like piranhas, basically. These great big fish with these sharp teeth. They bite you. Um, and to insult you, sometimes people will call you a hagfish. It's like, come out, you yeah. hagfish. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, you hagfish. I <laughs> don't you know. But anyway, however you do it, you get onto the boat. You can actually talk to Wakefield before you neutralize him. Um, and he'll you know, tell you one lie after another about the situation. Uh, you don't believe a <laughs> word he says. Um, no. Nah. And you can either kill him or you know put choke him out or neutralize him some way. And once you do, um, Lizzie will come and reassert control over the dead eels. Uh And she's like, "A lot of you guys betrayed me, but it's okay. I'm magnanimous. But the following people owe me a finger," and she'll list off all these people. And as she calls out names, you'll see people, you'll see people you know, oh man, <laughs> you know, like, oh no, I, it's like the Yakuza, you know, you fail, you have to give a thumb, you know, so, <laughs> the following people owe me a finger. And so, I guess, you know, they're lucky she didn't have them killed for siding with Wakefield. Yeah. But, uh, from that point on, the eels won't attack you at least, so, that's good. At least
0: that's a good thing, yeah.
1: And so Dowd is like, okay, Lizzie, how about we take this boat upriver? She's like, well, you know, I would, but the boat's not working. What do you mean the boat's not working? Well, that knucklehead Wakefield, somebody snuck in and stole the engine coil from the boat. Well, couldn't you buy another one? <laughs> no, nah, I can't buy another one. They don't make this kind of engine coil anymore. How convenient.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Dowd, you have to sneak into the textile mill where the hatters are holed up. You know, that's their headquarters, the textile mill.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And here's the password. Wait, you have the password to get into your rival gang's headquarters? Yeah. (laughs) Sure, why wouldn't I? Uh.
0: Yeah, everyone does.
1: (laughs) Everybody has the password except for doubt. (laughs) There we go, yeah. Um, There's actually some good story behind that. Uh, Let's say there are two accounts for how she got the password. If you ask her, she'll say that she tortured a member of the Hatters and got the password. Um, But later on, you come to find out that uh, if you ask... uh, Mortimer Hat. he'll say that he just gave it to her because he wanted her to come see him. So there's a relationship between Liz- Lizzie and, and Hatter. Uh, th- Harvey Smith came out and said that basically Mortimer Hat is her father. Um, the game heavily implies it, but doesn't state it outright. But uh, Harvey Smith's like the creative director for Dishonored. He comes up with the plot, basically. So I guess if... He's like Miyazaki saying something about Dark Souls. If, you know... If there, if it came from the mouth of God, it, it, as it were, <laughs> then it would be from Harvey Smith, you know. Uh <laughs> Kind of like anything J.K. Rowling might say about Harry Potter, you know. It's yeah. So Harvey Smith has come out and said that the leader of the Hatters is also Lizzie's father. Uh, so that's that's the deal. But it, however she got it, she got it. And so you, you go, you make your way back to the textile mill, you give them the password, they'll let you in. And as soon as you get past that door, you're in like the outer perimeter of the textile mill. And The reason they're holed up in a textile mill, though, is that they're the way they're supporting themselves now is that they're they're actually manufacturing the sheets that they wrap up the bodies of plague victims in. So it's kind of a macabre way to earn money, but it it works. So they're... Basically, they're they're manufacturing the body bags for the plague victims. uh, And, you know, since there are so many plague victims, it's kind of a booming business. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're in the plague business and business is booming, you know? So you kind of have to sneak into the textile mill. Um, you come to find out that the leader of the Hatter gang is—he's ancient. He's very old, um, and he's decrepit at this point. He's confined to a chair, and he's constantly hooked up to these life support devices. And the person taking care of him is called William Trimble. Everybody calls him Nurse Trimble. Yeah. And uh, Nurse Trimble is really the one in charge of the Hatters at this point. He's just claiming to speak for, you know, the geezer, yeah. old old man Hat. Um, he's got him hooked. It turns out, Trimble's a scientist who studied at the Academy of Natural Philosophy with Pierre Joplin, who is the guy who makes all our stuff for us in the main game. Uh, really funny story. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> about how he got
1: kicked out. <laughs> yeah, he got kicked out of the university. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he left, yeah. He and Pierre Joplin, you know, they were they. Had, each one of them had ideas on how to prolong life indefinitely, right? And so they they got into such heated arguments about this subject that they agreed to have a, a pistol duel to the death, right?
0: Yeah, so,
1: you know, think you know a, a duel in the in the old west at high noon in the city streets. <laughs> you see a tumbleweed roll on yeah. by, and people are kind of looking out their windows as, as the gunfighters are taking their stances and getting ready to shoot each other. Yeah. Except these guys are academics; they're not. They're <laughs> not very good with guns. Marks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like each one shoots at the other several times, and neither <laughs> one manages to land a shot. <laughs> yeah. It's like pop. Oh no, Nick!
0: Your voice disappeared. Okay. Hello. 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 Oh, oh, oh! It's back. It's Excellent. back. Excellent. Excellent. I think it must have been an internet thing. Cause, oh. Yeah. Oh, know.
1: maybe it was. Yeah, so Joplin and, you know, uh, Trimble are shooting at each other. They empty their guns. Right. Neither one lands a shot. So eventually they just give up. <laughs> so they decide to settle it by coin toss, right?
0: Yes, yes right.
1: And yeah. Trimble loses the coin toss and has to leave the academy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's because of his knowledge of science that they're able to acquire all the Sokolov security technology. Because the, the textile mill is a fortress, man. It's got walls of light. It's got all these things. Um, so you have to kind of get past that, and you're basically trying to find the engine coil, and what you find out is that the engine coil is in the mechanics room, or the mechanical room, and there's only one way in, and you need the key to get in, or the combination. Actually, you need the combination to get in. And um, ostensibly, only Trimble knows the combination, but actually two other people do. Um, the geezer himself knows the combination, old man hat, and uh, a dead guy knows the combination, a guy named Pete, who's actually the the head mechanic, I guess, for the for the hatters. Uh, he knows the combination. He's dead, but he left the combination in his apartment. So if you can find his apartment and get in, uh, you can get the combination because he's written it down. And so you can bypass a lot of stuff if you do that, but I don't recommend that because you can get a lot of good items and stuff if you play out the full mission. Uh, aside from Pete and you know finding the combination in his apartment, there are two ways to get it. You can make a deal with Trimble, or you can make a deal with the geezer himself. Uh, one is low chaos, one is high chaos, uh, because Trimble has the geezer hooked up to all this life support stuff, and he's got it rigged so that if the geezer's life support system fails for any reason, all this poison gas will fill the place and kill everybody. Um, but if you're going to make a deal with the geezer, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to shut off his life support. I think it's powered by a whale oil tank, and so he wants you to disconnect the whale oil tank so that he can die. Of course.
0: Yeah, because I think uh, the nurse is, was either experimenting on the geezer or sort of keeping him alive through experimentation.
1: That's exactly. Right. He was experimenting on ways to prolong life indefinitely. And so yeah. the geezer was his guinea pig. Um, so if, but he's so old that if he's disconnected from life support for moments, he'll die. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah so the geezer's like, kill me, please. <laughs> please, kill me. Take this.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, but. The guy, He's like, but you know, if I do that, everybody will die. And so if you're gonna do that, what you have to do is there are these ingredients for an antitoxin that will immunize you from the poison. Um Trimble takes it every day, but for you to benefit from it, you have to find the find the recipe, find the ingredients which are kind of scattered around. Yeah. Um I think it may give you clues as to where they are. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um I think so. But once you find the ingredients, there's this uh there's this mixer. In Trimble's lab, and you put the ingredients in there, and it'll spit out the antitoxin. You can take it, and then you'll be immune. Because huh. if you don't take the poison and you kill the geezer, you'll you'll die. Yeah. yeah. Now if you make.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole area becomes poisonous, so you have to make it to the exit right. door, not just the door out of the building.
1: <laughs> According to the wiki, it's theoretically possible to get out of there without using the antitoxin.
0: Oh yeah, yeah yeah I. Oh, I did? did. It's like. Uh- well, yeah, you can get out of there. I I activated mm. the thing, and then I slowed time, and then I blinked. Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. Well, slow slowing time. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So it
1: is possible. I, I've never done it, but it is possible. Um, so right, professional, brilliant strategist, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's because I, I couldn't be bothered to figure out the recipe. So
1: like, <laughs> <just gonna> whatever. <laughs> slow time. and bet, Yeah, that is, that's the way the wiki says to do it, too. It's like you slow time, and then you just blink <laughs> like crazy to get out of it. and then when yeah. you blink too it kind of stops time but you have to have time stopped in between yeah. blinks or you'll die like the second oh, you yeah. breathe that stuff
0: exactly Great. and then after I exited I tried to go back in and the poison oh. killed me so I don't know if you can ever return to that area after that
1: yeah exactly you basically locked yourself out of the area and it's a, it's, it's a place yeah, exactly. worth exploring too because it has a lot of good items and stuff I think it has may have some runes and stuff too I don't remember if it does but it, yeah, most places do Anyway, so that's the deal you make with the geezer, is to kill him and everyone who works for him, (laughs) you know. That won't kill Trimble because he takes the antitoxin every day, uh, just in case, you know, someone tries to kill the geezer. Um, Yeah. And that kind of keeps the men in line, too, so they don't, one of them doesn't try to kill the geezer and take over the gang.
0: Um, Oh, yeah. So so Trimble is really
1: the one controlling things, and with his leadership, they're really asserting themselves and taking over the district. Um, But anyway, you can also make a deal with Trimble. Uh, to you know oh I, one thing I forgot to mention was if you want to talk to the geezer and make a deal with him, you have to get Trimble out of the room because Trimble almost never leaves his side, yeah, so you can you know neutralize Trimble on the spot, or you can go upstairs to his lab and set off this alarm and whenever he hears that alarm ah. he 'll go up to his lab, and that 's a way to get him out of the room and distract him that 's only temporary though uh, you only have so much time unless you neutralize him up in the lab, which I did you know I just kind of knocked him out. Upstairs in the lab and <laughs> yeah. to talk to the geezer. Um so once you get Trimble out of there, that's when you can talk to the geezer and make a deal with him. But he won't make a deal with you when Trimble's there, obviously.
0: Yeah, and Trimble keeps being like, Hey, don't yeah. talk to him. Don't talk a- to him. And if you try enough yeah. times so he'll turn
1: hostile and you'll have to kill him or neutralize him. Yeah. Yeah. Which if you if you do that, forget about low chaos. Unless you unless oh, you yeah. get in with Pete's combination. Um which I did when I was on low chaos I just used Pete's combination and knocked out Trimble and didn't bother to kill the geezer either so <laughs> but uh, yeah so if you trim, trim making the deal with Trimble is the most involved way I think to get the code uh, he'll say look the reason we stole the engine coil is because the the mill isn't working anymore uh, you know the the water mill that powers the place so you you can have the combination. You can have the engine coil if you can get the water mill working again. And so to do that, guess what? You have to go down into the sewers where the mill's engine or the, or the oh, system yeah. that powers the mill is. Uh, and that's a whole big process. You go down in there, and there are Brigmore witches sort of all over the place because uh, they've been kind of they've been kind of keeping tabs on you the whole time. Every now and again, you'll see one for a second and she'll disappear. You know, they're kind of watching you. And so they're down there in the sewer, and you're running around trying to find out what's wrong with the engine coil and how to fix it. Um, and eventually you'll see this really strange-looking woman claiming to be injured there in the sewer, very out of place. Uh, she's got, like, these vines all over her, and she's pale. I mean, it's a witch, obviously. Um, but she'll say, oh, Dowd, help me. I'm a damsel in distress. <laughs> and, if you're, and if you fall for it, two more witches yeah. will appear, and you'll have, yeah. to, you'll have to fight them. Um, because there are these other two witches hiding off in the distance, so you could take them out before you get there. It's like you can see them with you know your enhanced vision, but uh, they're hiding there. So, so you have to deal with that, and you have to deal with some other witches. And it comes to find out that what's keeping the mill from working is that one of one of the witches' powers is they can shoot these thorns at you, and one of those thorns is stuck in the gears, which is what's preventing the mill from working. Uh, so you you fix that, you get the mill working, and then Trimble will give you the code to get into the engine room and get the coil. So however you get the coil, you get the coil. And then you get the boat working again. Uh, and Lizzie gives you the honor of you know, activating the boat, and she'll take you upriver to Brigmore Manor. Right. So after all that, we finally get to Brigmore Manor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that, that part is really straightforward. You basically just you need to get into the manor, and you need to neutralize Delilah. You know, so that's that part of it's straightforward, but it's it's difficult because there are these witches everywhere, and you know these aren't you know city watch guys that just try to shoot you and cut you. I mean, they they can teleport. They have these yeah. sonic screams that can knock you oh, back. Yeah. They shoot things at you. It's it, and they make these vines come up out of the ground that can lift you up off the ground telekinetically, kind of like the push power, I guess. Hmm. And so it, it's really involved. Uh, You're better off to stealth kill them if you can.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: And they have these like weird dogs that... You see these hound skulls on the ground. And then yeah. if you don't destroy them, like, they'll materialize into these dogs that will attack you over and over. Um, yeah, these
0: are like Dark Souls type dogs. They're so annoying.
1: No, they are. They're, they're annoying. And they if you kill them, they'll keep coming back until you smash their skull. Yeah. So the best way to take them out is to like shoot the skull with an arrow from a distance. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the way I, what I try to do most <laughs> of the time. Um, or if I have to fight one and kill it, I'll crush the skull right away. Because otherwise, they'll just keep coming back. And your one of your assassins will eventually tell you this, um, in case you couldn't figure it out. I mean yeah,
0: like, listen, Dowd, I know you're a professional assassin, but, yeah,
1: but here's a tip. <laughs> in case you couldn't figure it out, you have to smash the skulls. Um,
0: yeah. Of course,
1: there are favors you can purchase to help you get in, you know. <laughs> um, one is really annoying, though. There's like a turncoat witch who will help you get into the manor. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's still loyal to her fellow to her fellow witches, but she's not loyal to Delilah. Yeah. Um so you have to talk to her and she'll kinda of give you some helpful information to get into the manor. But if you talk to her when other witches are around, she'll just attack you like any other witch. Yeah, yeah. So it's really yeah. frustrating, right, to
0: yeah.
1: get her like off by herself so that you can talk yeah. to her. <laughs> um because she's usually like with the other witches who are patrolling you know the grounds. But anyway, if you, she's, she's in a distinctive kind of red jacket, so you can tell her apart, but it's just really annoying trying to get her off to herself to kind of... Red you
0: know. jacket, you say? It's funny. We just recorded a whole podcast with Richie, how the only person in the universe to wear red is Slave Night Gale. Right? <laughs> that's how... That's why people know it's him whenever it's like the red hooded guy. That's
1: right. No, yeah. It's like, the red hood has come to eat yeah,
0: us. <laughs> exactly. And you know exactly what he is. Do you think she's trying to basically make herself famous? By wearing red so that people associate her with Gale?
1: It must be. I can't think of another explanation. There's
0: no other explanation. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, well, she's a witch. You know, she wants dark powers. And what's what's darker ah. than the Dark Soul, right? So. There we go. She wants to get in Gale's circle and take the Dark Soul from. Because <laughs> Gale. Angry. Yeah. yeah. Gale is eating the Dark Soul. She wants to eat Gale, I guess, to get the Dark <laughs> oh Soul. Oh my God! Maybe
0: that's Dark Souls Four.
1: Confirmed. <laughs> the Brigmore yeah. Witch in the red jacket has eaten Gale, <laughs> and now she has the Dark Soul. <laughs> Well,
0: that it. makes just about as much sense <laughs> as the Ring City.
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the video you did on the Ring City before the podcast era was just excellent. I thought I didn't. Oh,
0: thank
1: you, thank you. I didn't have a clue about like the Ring. I love it in terms of gameplay, but in terms of the story, I was just totally confused. Why are these statues? What why are these statues of Koth everywhere? <laughs> you know, why are the why is, why is, why is anything here? I don't understand anything. <laughs>
0: It's okay. Uh, Dark Souls was almost entirely improvised, so it's okay not to understand.
1: Yeah. No, but but your <laughs> video made it make a, a lot of sense. Oh, uh, so sense.
0: It makes sense because it's actually quite inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to make sense of The Ringed City. It's, yeah. like,
1: it's like, It makes perfect sense once you realize it doesn't make sense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it in terms of the gameplay. It's hard as heck, but I love yeah. it. But it, just in terms of the lore, I, I don't know. I couldn't follow it. Yeah. Uh, until your video, which made it make a lot more sense. Ah. Oh. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Back to the Red
1: Witch. <laughs> Back to Witch Gale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? still here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she'll give you some helpful info if you can manage. If you buy the favor and manage to get her away from her fellow, witches. is. Um. Hmm. There's also another way. There are several ways to get into the manor. Like you, you start on the outskirts, right? Or not the outskirts, yeah. but like the perimeter, and you have to yeah. find a way inside, and that's pretty involved. Uh, like you can go through this crypt kind of a secret entrance to get in, and I think there's a bone charm or a rune there to kind of incentivize you to go that way. Uh, But however you get in, you get in, and once you're inside the manor, you have to kind of find out what Delilah's up to and how to stop her, Um, and eventually you come to find out that yeah, among those who have received the outsider's mark, she has some very unique gifts, Uh, one of which is, you know, she can do magic through her paintings. Uh, She started as a painter, well, she's, she's like an estranged member of the royal family. She was Jessamine Caldwell's, like, stepsister or half-sister. Like, the illegitimate daughter of Jessamine's father, the emperor that came before her. And she was never really acknowledged as a princess. Uh, and eventually, they, they kicked her out, because Jessamine, they were both children. Jessamine broke something really valuable, and Delilah took the blame for it, so they punished her and cast her out, <laughs> along with her mother. Uh, you know, the, the mistress, I guess, of the prior emperor... <laughs> So she was really bitter, and she came up through the ranks painting. Uh, Got in league with Sokolov, you know, got in league with the the big aristocrats until they found out she was all obsessed with the occult, and so they kind of ostracized her. And that's when she fell in with Timpsh and, you know, the rest we've talked about. Uh, She could do magic through her paintings, and there's this big elaborate ritual in which she can paint a picture of a person. And if she does the ritual right, and I guess has an artifact from that person, like their hair, you know, for example, which is why she needed Emily's hair. Uh, she can actually project herself into the painting, project herself into the person, and possess the person's body, basically. And so her plan was because because Emily was the rightful heir to the throne, Delilah was going to perform this big ritual and enter into Emily through the painting and basically rule as Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, and she planned on having a lot of people executed yeah. uh, when she took over. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so you and Delilah's a her, both times. That Delilah is defeated in this universe. It's because she's an obsessive journalist. Every thought in her head, she writes it down somewhere. And yeah. so you find all these notes that kind of tell you what the ritual is and how it <laughs> yeah. works and how to. It's sp- like her
0: private diary is just like all over the place. Yeah, and they say she. It's like they didn't have Twitter back then, so that's that's. It.
1: <laughs> that's right. So that was kind of social media in Dunwall. You just write everything down. Uh, I, think, I think most of the characters are this way. They write everything down. Of course, I realize it's yeah. for the gameplay, so you can find clues but everybodys everybody's a really good writer, and everybody's a really obsessive journalist, in yeah. especially delilah um,
0: especially yeah
1: so because of her writings you find out like you know what the ritual is how does and how to foil it um, and the ritual's taking place in the void eventually what what you find out is that Delilah has actually transported herself to the void to consummate this ritual because I guess that's where the connection with the magic is strongest, you know, and so it it's this elaborate ritual and you find out that you can do one or two things to stop her. You can kill her, or you can sabotage the ritual. Uh, and, and there are a couple ways to sabotage the ritual. There are there are, there's more than one painting at the ritual site in the void. So basically, if you switch the painting, and she performs the ritual, she'll be trapped inside that painting and won't be able to possess Emily's body. Uh, the painting is is of like this big tree. Well, I'm actually kind of glossing over some stuff. The painting is of this big tree in the void, right? And so, if you switch out the painting and she does the ritual, or you do the ritual on that painting, she'll be trapped, basically, in the void. Uh, theoretically, for all eternity. Although we know she comes back later. Um, so, however you decide to do it, if you kill her, her spirit will be lost in the void and come back later. Or if you just sabotage the ritual, she'll be trapped in the other painting. But uh, it's 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 a really cool climax. Once you go into the void, um, you know you can do it. You can do it all stealth. You can like stealthily switch the paintings, and she'll do the ritual. And she'll trap herself. Or you can kind of take the direct approach. And if she sees you or if one of the several statues of her that are lining the perimeter see you, it'll trigger this big fight. And so the, all the statues of Delilah will come alive and you'll have to fight basically five or six clones of Delilah. Um, and once you neutralize all of those, those don't count as kills, I think, for purposes of chaos because they're just, you know, these phantom clones of her. <laughs> so you neutralize them. And then that basically neutralizes her. Once you get rid of her clones, uh, she will sort of go up to the painting of Emily, and she'll just stand there and say, oh, you're never going to beat me. She took everything from me. I deserve this. She'll just be whining about how you foiled her plan. Yeah. And so you could kill her there, or you can knock her out. If you knock her out and put her on this little altar that she set up for the ritual, and if you switch the painting, then Dowd himself will perform the ritual, and she'll be sucked into the painting and trapped into the void.
0: And then she'll wake up in the painted world of Ariandel. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> then she'll have to fight Frida. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and of course she'll she'll try and fail at that for all eternity because it's a really tough boss fight. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Nick, what if she is Frida?
1: Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, she's sucked into the painting, and she doesn't yeah. and she wants it. She doesn't want it to burn up because that's her yeah. new home.
0: Yeah, there we go. She <laughs>
1: wants it to rot. <laughs> and so she she convinces Dell to choose rot over fire and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: well, you know, say so, yeah, that that's really one of my favorite endings to a DLC, I think is the way you I I always uh sabotage the ritual because it's just fun to, it's such fun to see her get sucked into the painting. Yeah you know it's like karma yeah no it really is it, it, it's like <laughs> and her face and her voice it's really well acted I think because you can see the, oh, yeah. the determination she's like I'm going to rule everything she holds yeah. on for dear life and for a second you think she might actually hold on and not get sucked in yeah. but then finally she gets sucked into the painting mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the assassin doubt has saved the day
0: yay true hero
1: woohoo then what happens after this depends on your chaos level. As we discussed in, in the main game, as Corvo, you can kill Dowd or not. Um, and if you play through the DLC on high chaos, then Corvo will kill you after all this. Because he doesn't know that you saved Emily and done all this good stuff. He only knows that you killed the Empress and ruined his life. So naturally, he's a little cranky. Um, yeah. So if you play through on high chaos, Corvo will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you play through on low chaos, Corvo will spare you. He may smack you a little bit, but he'll spare you. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's possible to have an ending in the DLC that diverges from what you do in the main game. Because uh, you can kill him as Corvo and then play through low chaos on the DLC right. and Corvo will spare him. So, But of course, the canon is that Corvo spares him because you see Dowd later on. Much, much later on, <laughs> like in the yeah. book and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, so that's the DLC and I hope it made sense. Because I, I felt felt like we might have jumped around a lot, but I hope that made sense <laughs>
0: That was awesome. Woohoo! So we did it. So we covered um, the game. Now we covered the DLCs. Yep. So next time we talk, we'll just have to cover um, Dishonored 2. Heck yeah. And then Death of the Outsider. And after we covered all the games, we can go into details. This is your life now, Nick. Welcome to the Richie Club.
1: Woohoo! I'm in in good company though, uh, (laughs) Richie. I'm actually quite honored to... I guess, you know, have, have this Aww. one-on-one podcast and okay. talk about Dishonored in that semi-coherent well, yeah, manner, thanks hopefully.
0: so much for coming <laughs> on and explaining to us again.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, these are great games. One of my favorite franchises. It's, it's, it's got a really good story to it. Right, um, yeah. I'm thinking about reading the novels, because those fill in a lot of the stuff that happens in between the games.
0: Yeah, so. you're a lawyer. You're not a reader. That's right. I don't, I don't read and
1: write for a living. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, again, Nick, thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh,
1: anytime. Uh, this was great. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I hope this explanation kind of made sense. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, and Nick, uh, you have a YouTube channel and a Twitter. <clears throat> can you tell us where we can find yes, it? Yes,
1: yes. My YouTube channel is Cinder uh, Thief. I stream there on occasion and post random videos as the mood strikes me. Um, and Twitter, you know, same name, Cinder Thief. That's where I post all of my gaming stuff uh, distinct from my personal account, which theoretically should be for professional stuff but <laughs> you know we're not uh to call myself professional i guess would be a misnomer so it's not what it's actually <laughs> used for
0: <but laughs> and uh, thief is spelled no well, is it cinder or a thief that's spelled differently? no
1: cinder is spelled with a y uh oh
0: there you go yeah.
1: See, at the time i forgot that cinder was a character in the, Sp- in the spyro in the spyro franchise and it's spelled with a y i totally forgot <laughs> because, oh! <laughs> so anytime you type in C Y N D E R, that's what's going to pop up in Google. Is like Cinder the Dragon, oh. <laughs> Spiro. <Aww. laughs> I was going to do it the proper spelling, but yeah, you know, it wasn't unique in Google. Like Cinder Thief with an I was actually not unique in Gmail. So pe- other people had that name. So I spelled it with a Y just to kind of get the unique name in Gmail.
0: <laughs> or maybe maybe you could have thought of something a little more original.
1: Maybe I could have. I don't know. I'm a lawyer, though. <laughs> 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 this is as original as a lure gets, yep. okay? We, we can't do math, and we're totally unoriginal, so. <laughs>